Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. Good morning, Mount Calvary Nation and friends. What an absolutely wonderful morning it is to be together again, even if only virtually. We thank God because he has brought us safely through another week and has allowed us to see the start of a new one. Here we are at the last Sunday of 2020, and we are grateful to God that he has brought us thus far. What an awesome Savior we serve. There's not one single thing that we've needed this week that we've had to go without. He's kept us, he's protected for he's protected us, he's provided for us, he's made ways out of no ways. God is great, and he is greatly to be praised. And even though we can't all be together in the same physical space, we have come together, even over the airwaves, just to worship him in spirit and in truth. If you're breathing, we ought to give him some kind of praise. What an awesome Savior he is. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray and then the praise team is going to come and lead us in worship. Father, we thank you for just bringing us together. We thank you for this day. You've seen fit to bring us to the last Sunday in the year and we're thankful. We're grateful, Lord, because you've kept us. you kept us from all hurt, harm, and danger. We're grateful, Lord, because you've provided for us. We're grateful because you have forgiven us, because indeed we have sinned against you. But we thank you because your word says if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you for your forgiveness and for your cleansing. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that has washed us white as snow. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for filling us with the precious Holy Ghost. Thank you for allowing us to walk in your favor. Thank you for allowing us to walk in your victory today. Thank you for allowing us to walk in freedom. For allowing us to walk in your healing today. In your deliverance today. In the name of Jesus. Father, I don't know what people are going through. I don't know what's going on in their, in their homes right now. But whatever it is, you are the need meter. There is nothing too hard for you. Nothing you can't do. No sickness you can't heal. No disease you can't heal. There's no sin you can't deliver from. We thank you, God, because you are our great God. You are all-powerful, God. You're all-knowing, God. There is nothing too hard for you. Move today by your Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, and we thank you. Let all the saints agree together. Amen. Amen. God bless you. The praise team is coming now. Let us worship him in spirit and in truth. to be in the house of the Lord. Oh Lord, our Lord, 
how excellent is your name in all the earth. Who have set your glory above the heavens. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father God, right now for another opportunity. You have been good. You have been gracious. You have been better to us than we've been to ourselves, Lord God. We just want to lift you high. We want to exalt you and extol you. We don't deserve it, but you gave us another chance. Hallelujah. You have been great to us. Hallelujah. You have watched over our friends and our family. Hallelujah. You have been so awesome and amazing, and we thank you. And we just want to lift our hands. Come on, just tell the Lord thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How excellent is thy name. There's nobody like 
Jesus is excellent in all the earth. There is nobody like him. Come on, can you lift up your hands right here? Lift up your hands, open up your mouth. Tell them there's nobody like him.
The apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, you went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. Starting from the beginning, Peter told them the whole story. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds. Then I heard a voice telling me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times. And then it was all pulled up to heaven again. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel appear in his house and say, send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said, John baptized with water but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit so if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ who was I to think that I could stand in God's way verses 1 through 17 of Acts chapter 11 I want to preach for just a short while today from this subject, get out of his way. Get out of his way. All year, we as the Mount Calvary Nation have been studying what it means to be the church. And here at the last Sunday of 2020, we are still just scratching the surface of what it means. We are coming to a better understanding of what Jesus meant when he said, upon this rock, upon the revelation of who I am, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And we really just want to look like, we, we want to just, we just want to operate like, we just want to be the church that Jesus built. And that quest has brought us to the book of Acts. 
since the Sunday before Pentecost of this year, we have been slow walking through the book of Acts so we can see what the early church looked like, so we can rediscover how to be the church in these last and evil days. And our study this week brings us to Acts chapter 10 where we meet a man named Cornelius, a centurion, a captain of the Italian guard in Caesarea or Caesarea. He was a devout and godly man, as was his household, a man of prayer who always gave to people who were in need. And one day at praying time, he was praying about three o'clock in the afternoon, he had a vision. An angel of God came to him and said, Cornelius, and he said, what is it, Lord? What do you want, sir? And the angel said, your prayers and alms have brought you to God's attention. Here's what you need to do. Send some men down to Joppa to get Simon who everybody calls Peter. He's staying with a man named Simon the Tanner whose house is down by the sea. And as soon as the angel left, the Bible says Cornelius called two servants and a good devout soldier from the guard and he went over with them everything in great detail that the angel had said and then he sent them off to Joppa to find Simon Peter. The next day, as the travelers were approaching the town, at about noon, the noon hour of prayer, Peter was up on the rooftop praying. Now, consider this. God is orchestrating a life-changing encounter here. He has come to Cornelius in the person of an angel who doesn't even know what's about to go down. All he knows is that he needs to send somebody to get some man that he's never met before whose name is Simon Peter who's, saying, who's staying at Simon the Tanner's house down by the sea. And meanwhile, as his, uh, as his servants and soldier are going to find Simon Peter, Simon Peter is up on the roof praying, not knowing what's about to happen. But God in his infinite godness is working everything together on both ends exactly as it should be. And before we continue in this story, let me just encourage somebody right here, right now, that God is working everything the way it's supposed to be and he's working it on both ends. You've been busy trying to be God, trying to make stuff happen on your end and the other end. But I say to you all the time, just live. You live on your end. God is working on your end, but at the same time, he's working on the other end. He's bringing your blessing to you, and he's bringing you to your blessing. Don't worry. You know what the Bible says. All things work together for good. Yeah. While he's up there, Peter gets hungry and starts thinking about lunch, right? And while lunch is being prepared, 
he falls into a trance. And while he's in this trance-like state, he sees uh, the skies open up and something that looks like a sheet fall down uh, that is being lowered down, rather, by its four corners. And when he looks into the sheet, he sees all kinds of four-footed animals uh, and reptiles and birds. And a voice comes to him and says, Peter, get up, kill, and eat. And Peter, in, in a moment of, uh, well, I, I don't know what I would call this moment, but he, he says, oh no, Lord, I've never so much as tasted food that was not kosher. I've never put anything unclean into my mouth. But yeah, Peter, you've never put anything in, but ain't you the same Peter that was cussing people out? Unclean came out. But now you want to put your record before God that you've never let anything unclean go in. And God says to him, listen, don't call unclean what I've cleaned. Uh, the Message Bible puts it like this. If God says it's okay, it's okay. And this happened three times, the Bible says, then the blanket was pulled back up into the sky. And as Peter is sitting there trying to figure out what all this means, is this a vision, is this vision about food? Is this vision, what is this really about? You know what? I'm learning sometimes that God, that God doesn't give you every detail about everything. Sometimes you just get a glimpse of the revelation and you don't even know what it's for until you get into the situation for which you're going to need it. There are times when you just have to walk in obedience. You don't always get to know the ending from the beginning. You just have to walk step by step. That's why this is a faith walk. If you could see all of the ending from the beginning, you wouldn't need faith. And that's what's going on here for Peter. And while he's sitting there thinking about the vision, the men sent by Cornelius show up at the door and they ask if there was a Simon there who everybody calls Peter. And, and Peter, who didn't even hear them, but the spirit whispers to him, there are men knocking at the door looking for you. Get down there, go with them, and don't ask any questions because I'm the one who sent them. Peter goes down and says to the men, I think I'm the man you're looking for. What's going on? And they begin to tell him, Captain Cornelius said to come and get you and bring you to his house so he could hear what you have to say. Peter invited these strangers in and entertained them for the evening. And the next morning they got up. I'm just telling the story. I promise my sermon won't be as long as the introduction. The next morning, they get up and he goes with them. And six men from Joppa go with them. And a day later, they get to Caesarea or, or, or Caesarea. Uh, Cornelius is expecting them and he's got a house full of folk. His relatives are there. Close friends are there. And they're waiting for Peter. And the moment Peter gets to the door, Cornelius greets him and then falls down on his face to worship him. And Peter Peter pulls him up and says, oh no, none of that. Don't do that, sir. I'm just a man like you. And while they were talking, Peter goes inside and he sees all these people in there and he says, now listen, y'all are well aware 
that it is against our law, it's against Jewish law to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. God have mercy. I'm going to read that again. God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. I know I'm going to get in some trouble, but I don't write this stuff. I just report it. So, he says, when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. So what do you need? Cornelius goes through the story. Three days ago, I was in my house praying, and an angel came. He had on bright clothes, and he said, God has heard your prayer. God has seen your alms. Send to Joppa for Peter. And so I sent for you to come, Peter. And now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything that he has commanded you to tell us. And so Peter starts to preach. He begins to preach to those who are gathered there. And there are a couple of things that Peter reveals in this sermon that we, the church of the living God, would do well to keep in mind as we reach out in obedience to God's command. I just want to illuminate two issues in Peter and by extension in the early church that must be dealt with as they get out of God's way and let God do what he wants to do in the lives of those whom he wants to do it. First of all, God deals with Peter's religious prejudices. That's the first thing that Peter's got to deal with, his religious prejudices. It's revealed in verse 34 of the chapter of, of chapter 10. Then Peter began to speak and he said, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You see, Peter and the rest of the religious early church were under the impression as a leftover from their Jewish heritage that there were some people that they needed to avoid because they were dirty. But God showed Peter in that vision that he ought not to call anything unclean, that he ought not to call anything dirty, that he ought not to call anything common that God has cleansed. Peter and the early church had put some limits on the gospel that God didn't put there. And I know, I know that we are pretty far removed from the Jew-Gentile divisions, but I want to offer today that many of us in the church of today, many of us in the modern church are still putting limits on how far the gospel can reach based on our own preferences or based on what we think is too dirty or even out of a sense of protecting the church from certain groups. That's why I call it religious prejudice. Because what we're really trying to do is protect our religion 
from those people. But I've got news for us. The gospel does not need to be protected from anybody. The Lord's church does not need our protection. The Lord is not depending on us to protect the gospel, just to share it. You don't think we have religious prejudices. I know, but we do. We have our religious hang-ups. We have our religious prejudices. Some people, some groups that we'd rather not be bothered with. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to bother but I really do. Some people that we wish we didn't have to deal with, uh, some of us don't want hood people in our churches. That's religious prejudice. Some of us don't want street people in our churches. That's religious prejudices. Some of us don't want black people in our churches. That's religious prejudice. Some of us don't want white people in our churches. That's religious prejudice. Some of us don't want gay people in our churches. That's religious prejudices. Some of us don't want young people in our churches. That's religious prejudice. Some of us don't want old people in our churches. That's religious prejudice. You can't take communion here unless you're Catholic. That's religious prejudice. You can't take communion here unless you're Baptist. That's religious prejudice. You're not saved unless you speak in tongues and baptize in Jesus' name only. That's religious prejudice. If a woman, uh, uh, if you're a woman, you can say the exact same words, but you better not get up in the pulpit to do it. That's religious prejudice. You have to dress up to worship. That's religious prejudice. You have to dress down to worship. That's religious prejudice. All I'm trying to get us to see is that we have some religious prejudices that can get in the way of what God is trying to do. And God can do whatever he wants to do with whomever he chooses to do it, whenever he wants to, however he wants to, just because he's God and he is no respecter of persons. You know what Galatians 3 says at verse 26. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Here's how John put it. For God so loved the world I say it every week, that's everybody without exception. That he gave his only begotten son, that's Jesus Christ, that whosoever believeth on him, that's anybody without exception. That's rich people and poor people, God loves them. That's black people and white people, God loves them. That's male people and female people, God loves them. That's Jews and, and Gentiles, God loves them. That's saints and sinners, God loves them. 
That's right people and wrong people. God loves them. That's straight people and gay people. God loves them. That's old people and young people. God loves them. That's educated people and ignorant people. God loves them. That's conservatives and liberals. God loves them. That's Americans, Russians, Ethiopians, Iranians, Haitians, Canadians. God loves everybody without exception, period. And nothing can stop his love. Here's how Paul put it. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Death can't stop it. Life can't stop it. Angels can't stop it. Demons can't stop it. Powers can't stop it. Things present can't stop his love. Things to come can't separate us from his love. Height can't do it. Depth can't do it. Paul said, I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from his love. Saints, if we really want to operate as his church, we have to let God deal with our religious prejudices. Anyway, so Peter continues. He preaches to them. I just want to point out that he preaches not hell and damnation, but Jesus and the cross. Peter doesn't come out uh, to Cornelius and the group uh, talking about how if you don't know Jesus, you're going to hell. You better get right before you get left. No, he just preaches who Jesus is and what Jesus did. That's the gospel. And gospel means good news. What makes us think that we are going to reach people with the bad news of hell when Jesus said, I want you to reach them with the good news of my love. That's what gospel means. There's peace in Jesus. That's verse 36. He preaches healing in Jesus. That's verse 38. He preaches victory in Jesus. That's verse 38. He preaches that Jesus died. That's verse 39. But God raised him from the dead. That's verse 40. We saw him for ourselves. That's verse 41. He told us to tell it. That's verse 42. There's forgiveness of sins in Jesus. That's verse 43. Jesus is good news. And the Bible says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Ghost fell. The Holy Ghost came on everybody who heard it. The Jewish people that came with Peter were surprised. They were astonished that the gift of the Holy Ghost was being poured out even on Gentiles because they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. I don't want to mess with our theology. I don't want to mess with what we think of the Holy Ghost. I just came to point out that God can do whatever he wants to do. Peter is just preaching. Peter ain't called a line. He hadn't laid hands on anybody. He hasn't blown on anybody. He's just preaching and the Holy Ghost starts to fall. These people haven't confessed Christ. They haven't been baptized. They haven't been to new members class. They haven't been back to the room to learn how to speak in tongues. Nobody had to tell them hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. All they did was sit there and listen to the gospel. And the Bible says the Holy Ghost fell on them. 
and the people were amazed. They were astonished that the Holy Spirit fell on these Gentiles. And so Peter said, surely nobody can stand in the way of them being baptized now, having already received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says, they said, Peter, would you stay for just a little while? And that brings us to the end of chapter 10 and the beginning of our text for today. I promise that the sermon will not be as long as the introduction. Here it is. We, we get into chapter 11. We, we get into chapter 11 that we read today. And Peter is being called on the carpet because he has been in the house of some of those people. He's being called on the carpet by the church because he was associating with dirty folks. God have mercy. The Bible says the church criticized him for it. All these people in Cornelius' house just got saved. And the church criticized Peter for it. So he goes through the whole story about how he was praying and he saw the trance and he saw the, he was in a trance and he saw the sheet and God said, don't call anything dirty that I've cleansed. He goes through the whole story of how he goes to Cornelius' house and how he was preaching the word and the Holy Ghost fell. But our final point comes from what Peter says in verse 17 of chapter 11. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? That's the second and last stopping point today. Not only does God deal with Peter's religious prejudice, but then we see in this verse that God gives him a righteous perspective. You may not see it. Let me see if I can shine some light on it right quick and then you can go have your lunch. It's right there in the verse. So if God gave them the same gift that he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think I could stand in God's way? You still don't see it? Let me see if I can explain it in Winston translation. If God could do for us what he did for us, who am I to stand in the way of what he wants to do in somebody else. You still don't get it? Let me see if I can put it another way. If God could save me, he can save them. If God can clean me up, he can clean them up. If he could fill me with the Holy Ghost, he can fill them with the Holy Ghost. Because I know I look like I was born with a halo, but the truth is I have a but God testimony. I was a liar, but God. I was a cheat, but God. I was a whoremonger, but God. I was an adulterer, but God. I was a murderer with my words, but God. I was a drug addict, but God. I was a porn addict, but God. I was a gossip, but God. I was a bigot, but God. I was selfish, but God. I was a hypocrite, but God. And the truth of the matter is, if he could save me, he can save anybody. And so I've just come to speak to the church. Church, I'm done. We need to move out of God's way. Who are we to stop what he's doing? Get out of his way. 
He wants to save some people that we wouldn't think of. Get out of his way. He wants to use some unexpected people in some unexpected ways. Get out of his way. May I say this in closing. God is not obligated to move according to our preferences. God is not obligated to move according to our prejudices, our prejudgments, or our politics. He is our sovereign God. And things don't always look like what we expect. God doesn't always use the people that we expect. Isn't it amazing that God used us when we were out there and now all of a sudden he don't use anybody that doesn't look like, smell like, act like who we want them to be. God have mercy on us, church. What if, what if God wants to grow his church in unexpected ways using unexpected people? Now, before you get offended, before you call anybody and tell them that pastor's promoting sin, no. Holiness is still right. Sin is still sin. All I'm saying is that God has a right as God to get his gospel to whomever he chooses, whenever he chooses, however he chooses. What if, what if somebody called you to the bar and said, tell me what God is saying? What if somebody called you to the pride parade and said, tell me what God is saying? What if somebody called you to the smoke-filled, haze-filled, where everybody was smoking weed, and said, tell me what God is saying? What if everybody was sitting around drunk and said, go get Sam. And said, tell me what God is saying. Are we too holy? Are we too upright? Are we too clean? Are we too churchy to go? Peter went. He preached Jesus. And the Holy Ghost fell. Church, the message today is simple get out of his way. If you're a part of the church of the living God, let the church say amen. If you are not a part of his church through Jesus Christ, and the only way to be a part of his church is through Jesus Christ, let me tell you some good news. God loves you so much that he gave his only begotten, his unique one-of-a-kind son that who, whosoever anybody who believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life that my friends is good news that's good news God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world but so that the world through him might be saved I don't care what you're going through you're not too dirty you have not been gone too far you haven't been gone too long if you're breathing, you have an opportunity to get it right.
with God through Jesus Christ. There's forgiveness in Jesus. There's victory in Jesus. There's peace in Jesus. There's joy in Jesus. All you have to do is accept him in your heart. Can you say with me today, Jesus is Lord? That means he's in charge. He's running things. He knows what he's doing. And believe in your heart that even though he died on the cross, God got him up from the grave. and He's alive forevermore. The Bible says you'll be saved. If you made that confession today, you believe today, you're ready to be saved today, send us a note, send us a message letting us know so we can contact you and help you on this walk, this new life in Christ. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that you couldn't be too bad, you couldn't be too dirty for God to clean you up. Praise God for his unconventional manner of doing things. Church, let's get out of the way. Just before we get out of here, let me, let me just say to, to somebody who's watching right now, there are some things even in your life you've been trying to work and the message to you today is get out of his way your son you want saved your daughter you want saved your niece you want delivered your nephew you want set free and you're in the way because you've got some hang ups about who they are you got some hang-ups about what they do and how they live. You're in the way because you've got some hang-ups because they're not as churchy as you think they ought to be. And the Lord has sent me today to tell you, get out of his way. Yes, he's going to save them. Yes, he's going to deliver them. Yes, he's going to set them free. But it won't be according to your plan. It won't be according to your hang-ups. It won't be according to your prejudices. Let God be God. The Lord said, get out of his way. Let the church say amen. So be it. So be it. Listen, if you choose to give today, you want to, uh, you want to sow into ministry, you're giving your tithe, you're offering your building fund, giving for benevolence to help those who find themselves in financial emergency. You can do it in one of several ways. If you have Givelify on your phone, you have that app, you can tap Give and you'll be done. You can text to Give at 937-543-5169. You can Cash App if you have that on your phone. The handle is dollar sign M-T-C-A-L-M-B-C. If you don't have any of those ways or you just prefer some human contact, you can come. The, the deacons will be here for about the next hour. And uh, you can come and put it in their glove-covered hands. They'll be glad to serve you. Let's make it a point. Because believe it or not, we all have some religious prejudices. Let's make it a point to seek God for his righteous perspective. If he can save me, he can save anybody. He didn't stop delivering when he delivered you. <laughs> he, 
his deliverance just may not look like what you think it ought to. And that's okay. Because God is God. He knows exactly what he's doing. And he's working both sides of it. Oh, we trust him. We trust him. We trust him. Who wouldn't serve this God? What a mighty God we serve. We're going to go now. We've taken enough of your time. But if you don't remember anything else I've said, get out of his way. Let God be God. And you just live. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Let all the saints agree together in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.